0: Welcome to Conscious Business, where entrepreneurs learn to master their mindset, conquer their fear, and step into their bigger game. Now, here's your host, Julie Zuzak. Hello, and welcome to Conscious Business. I don't know about you, but uh, I personally love, really, really, really love cake. And at the risk of being so boring, my favorite kind of cake is vanilla and even more boring vanilla with vanilla ice cream. And I do love chocolate, especially dark chocolate, but when it comes to cake, I love me some vanilla. And I have to be honest, I've never met a cheesecake that I didn't like either. And I do like carrot cake, especially with cream cheese icing. Let's face it, cake is good. And I do love cake, but fortunately for all of us, I don't love cake as much as I love business. I've always loved business. And when I was out for one of my early morning walks, I realized that building a business is actually a lot like baking a cake. Not because it's easy. It's not as easy as cake. It's hard. But it's a similar approach in how to prepare and get started. And as I was thinking about this in my head, I came up with this whole concept for an episode and I wanted to share it with you today. Given the choice between baking a cake and building a business, I'd always say that baking a cake is definitely easier. I do truly believe it is. However, building a business is always going to be more fulfilling because it's always going to give back. With a cake, once you build it and create it, then it's gone after you eat it. So, here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First off, I'm going to explain exactly how building a business is a lot like baking a cake. In our second segment, I'm going to talk to you about the one important thing that you need to do before you build a cake or build a business. And then lastly, I'm going to give you four different ways, four specific examples of how building a business is like baking a cake. So get out of your head into your heart and let's dive right in, shall we? Okay, so I wanna start off by explaining how building a business is actually like baking a cake. And I wanna share this brilliant wisdom, all these insights that I had when I was out for a walk. And I think you're going to appreciate it. It made me realize a lot how I approach running my business. And it was a lot of insight and perspective. So when you want to bake a cake, what do you do? Think about it for a second. Well, one of the first things that you do is you get clear on what kind of cake you want to bake. Now, I confessed my biggest weakness is vanilla vanilla. I also love cheesecake cheesecake. Uh, I love buttercream too, but there aren't many kind of cakes that I don't like or that I wouldn't try. However, fruitcake is definitely one that I do not like. And I've had people say, oh, well, you've never had it fresh. Oh no, I've had it fresh and I still didn't like it. It's all those little, uh, those dried fruit cherry things. Oh, it's just disgusting. So I've had fresh fruit cake, didn't like it, and I will never have it again. Uh, I also don't like that icky warm cake with the rum sauce all over it. That's disgusting. I feel like that shouldn't be in the whole cake category. Okay. So already I'm two minutes into this episode and I'm clearly distracted by thinking about cake. Uh, Okay. I'll get off my cake soapbox here for a second. Come back to the analogy, Julie. Come back. Okay. So there's many different types of cake out there. There's many different ones, ones that I like, ones that I don't like. But when you go to bake a cake, You would never, ever, 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 ever start to bake a cake without knowing exactly what kind of cake you're going to bake. You might sit down and say, hmm, I want to bake a cake. And then you take the time to decide what kind of cake you want to bake. And some of you might just know intuitively what you like. Some people might, you know, go through another logical process, whatever your cake decision making process is. You take time to figure out what kind of cake you want to bake. This leads us to the number one way that baking a cake is like building a business. There are many, 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 many different types of cake that you can bake, but you would never start baking a cake until you decide what kind of cake you want to bake. Just like building your business, you would never, ever, 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 ever start building a business unless you knew what kind of business you wanted to build. So before you bake a cake, you might spend time strategizing about what type of cake you want to make. Like if you're going to a birthday party, you might think, what kind of cake does this person love? And then you might make their favorite kind of cake. If you were heading to a kid's party, you might want to make cupcakes because that's more exciting for kids. And for a wedding, you might do a tiered cake because that's kind of what society tells us we should do for a wedding is have a really expensive tiered cake. You could also do cupcakes for weddings too. I don't know if that's still a trend or not, but whatever. But you would never ever take a tiered cake to a kid's birthday party would you? So it's important to understand not only what kind of cake you're making, but who you are baking this cake for, because that will help you determine what kind of cake that you are baking. This leads us to number two, the second way that baking a cake is like building a business. You know who, very specifically, you are baking this cake for and what type of cake is best suited to them. Can you just picture 20 boisterous five-year-olds at a birthday party running around with this like really delicate five-tiered cake? I don't think so. That wouldn't happen. That cake would not stand a chance. So with your business, know who your target market is and what is appropriate for them. Before you start building your business or baking a cake. You would never build a business that wasn't exactly what they needed or what they wanted or wasn't appropriate for them, right? It's just something that you would never do. Now, one other really important thing for you to do before you build this cake masterpiece of yours is to have a recipe. Now, here comes the reason why we're using baking as a metaphor instead of cooking. Because with cooking, you can totally kind of wing it, right? And make things up as you go along. Like if you were making a stir fry and you wanted to have five different types of veggies in that stir fry, but you went to the fridge and there were only three, well, it would still be a stir fry, right? Not a really big deal. Might not be as exciting. Might not be exactly what you wanted. Might not be as good. But it's definitely still going to be a stir fry, isn't it? So cooking is flexible. (laughs) Cooking is scalable. Cooking, you can wing. Baking, you cannot. Now, if you've ever baked, you know that you cannot wing it when you bake. You've got to follow a recipe. And you have to measure. When I cook, I don't measure. Uh, My favorite thing is taking salads to people's houses. Because everybody asks the vegetarian to bring a salad, right? Because that's easy. And people always ask me for recipes. I don't have recipes. I don't follow a recipe. And when I make it, I just wing it. So that is cooking. Well, I guess salads aren't really cooking, but you can wing it with baking. You cannot. So the third way, the baking. A cake is like building a business. There is a natural order of how you must do things in your business. You start by building a proof of concept or an MVP. And then when you validated that and you've proven that people are willing to buy what you have to sell at your specific price point, then you go ahead and you build the product. We would never, ever, ever just build something and hope that somebody wants to buy it. That's kind of like starting with the dry ingredients in your cake when it wanted you to start with the wet ingredients. You have to validate what you are building. So the number three, the third way, that baking a cake is like building a business. You must follow a recipe and do things in the right order. We validate first, we build second, or at least you prove that there's demand for your product or your service, and then you create it or acquire it. And the last thing, that building a business is like baking a cake is the absolute most important one. I've saved the best one for last. You must make sure that you have all the ingredients in your house before you start baking. Take a good old inventory, and what I like to do is take everything out of the cupboards, make sure I have everything I need, and then I start to dive in. Now, if there's something that you need for this recipe, for this brilliant cake masterpiece of yours that you do not have in the kitchen, then what do you do? You go out and you get it. You don't start the cake and then wait to run out of something. If you need eggs for your cake, you don't wish that an egg delivery person is just randomly going to come by and knock on your door asking you if you need eggs. No, you go out, you go to the store and you get some eggs. Now this is really important lesson in building your business because the truth is you do not have to be good at all aspects of running your business. But what you do need to do is to be conscious enough to know what you can and can't do. And the things that you can't do, you either go out and you acquire those skills or you get help from someone else to shore up your weaknesses. Now I've told this story many times, but when I started my business, I knew, I know myself well enough, that accounting was gonna be one of my huge shortfalls. And so I went out and I found myself an accountant who could take care of this for me and answer all my questions and do all the research, all those things that I hated to do. And I actually hired her before I technically had my first client, which might not be the right approach or strategy for everyone. Depends what kind of business you're building. But I know myself well, and I know that this was exactly what I needed to do with my business. So the fourth, the number four way, the baking a cake, is like building a business, is that you have to take an inventory of all the ingredients that you have at your disposal and then go out and get the ones you need. Don't hope that the cake will still work without eggs. It won't. It might look okay like a cake from the outside, but it's not gonna have the right consistency on the inside. Just like with your business, take an inventory of what you don't have and put the right people in place or get them ready for when you will need them. So I gave you four different ways that building a business is like baking a cake. One, know what kind of cake you are baking before you start baking it. Hopefully it's vanilla vanilla. Number two, know who you are baking this cake for. Number three, follow a recipe. And number four, make sure that you have all the ingredients that you need before you get started. Now, in this segment, I really want to talk about that last point. The make sure you have all the ingredients you need point. And I want to reference a book that I read a while ago before I actually started the podcast, so years ago, but a good friend of mine just reminded me of how brilliant this book is. And it's specifically one concept in the book that is going to help you to understand how important it is to outsource certain parts of your business. So The book is called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, and in the book, he talks about how we stand in our own way when we're trying to get to that next level, and it's a fascinating book. If you haven't ever read it, I highly suggest that you do. I think you'll learn a lot from it. But he specifically talks about how we stand in our own way, and we have to get clear on all of the work that we do because every single piece of work that we do falls into one of four different categories. And he's trying to get you to understand how you direct your time. Now he talks about these four different categories as different zones. And he says that every single one of our activities, has to fall into one of these four different zones and so really what he's asking for you to do is to get really conscious about who you are what kind of work you like to do and what you're really good at okay so i'm going to walk you through the four different zones so you get a rough idea of what they are first off we have the zone of incompetence which is made up of all of the activities that we're not good at Other people can do them way better than we can. And for me, accounting is clearly one. Now, he tells a brilliant story as an example here, one that I could completely relate to. His story is about a friend of his who is a consultant who was installing a new printer at home and thought that it would be a really good idea to just quickly install it himself at home, right? But things didn't go according to plan. And so it literally took him 13 hours to get the printer working. And yes, in the end, he just ended up getting a kid in his neighborhood to help him figure out how to set it up. And they equate this opportunity cost of getting that printer working as over 13 grand because they factor in and account for all the lost time that he spent in trying to get it up and running. Also, and you can't put a price tag on this, he got in a big fight with his wife over this whole issue. So bottom line, his expertise is in coaching and giving advice to his clients, not in technical troubleshooting. So he wasted all this time because he tried to do something that was in his zone of incompetence, thinking that it would be easy and quick, and it wasn't. Now, I can totally relate to this example. I spent about six hours trying to fix my printer last time. And in the end, I just ended up going out and getting a new one. And I hate throwing away technology, especially, you know, physical goods that are, you know, in your head, you just know it's going right to a landfill, which is heartbreaking. But sometimes you just have to make the better choice, which is the opportunity cost of your time and the money to just throw it away and start new. So, Bottom line, his expertise is in coaching and advising clients, not in troubleshooting technology. And so he wasted all this time. Now, it's frustrating for me when I look back on this example. And if I had known, (laughs) if I had known it was going to take this much time, and then in the end, I would just have gone out and got a new printer, then I wouldn't have even bothered. But this is the whole thing, is that... I didn't know that it was going to go wrong. I didn't know that I would have to troubleshoot the Wi-Fi. And if I'm being honest with myself, I didn't have a crystal ball to know that all those things were going to go on. It was just like a comedy of errors, right? You know, I could probably figure it out and get it done. Yeah, but that's not the thing that I was put on this earth to do. Therefore, it's not in my zone of incompetence. So yeah, there's no way I could have known that it was going to be a disaster and go sideways. But if I really had stepped back and made a conscious decision at the beginning, I would have decided to not do it because it's not in my zone of of competence, right? So this first zone is the zone of incompetence made up of all the activities that we are not good at. The second zone is the zone of competence. Now, this is where you're actually good and competent at these specific activities, but and this is a big but, so are many other people. And they can do them just as good as you can. Now, successful people often discover that they spend far too much time and energy in this zone. And the tough love here is that we often use up all of our creative energy, the good stuff, right? Doing activities that other people could do for us, rather than saving up all that good high level energy for something that's really going to move the dial and make an impact with our business. So bottom line, if someone else can do something just as good as you can, and it can easily be outsourced, then outsource it. Let them do it. This is the second zone, the zone of competence. The third zone the zone of excellence. Now, we're getting a little bit more exciting here. At this third zone, we're already in excellence. This is great. Now, in this zone are all the activities that you do extremely well. Now, you can make a good living here in your zone of excellence. You're doing well. You're comfortable. And this is a place that is really tempting to stay. Maybe your family and your friends want you to stay here because it's comfortable and safe. It's steady. It's predictable. So you might be thinking, well, what's so bad about this zone of excellence place? And why can't we just stay here forever? Well, as they explain in the book, a deep sacred part of you will wither away and die if you stay inside your zone of excellence. That's really important and slightly dramatic. I'm going to read it again. A deep, sacred part of you will wither away and die if you stay inside your zone of excellence. There's only one place where you will ultimately thrive and feel satisfied. And this brings us to our fourth and our final zone, your zone of genius. Now, this is your ultimate path to success and to life satisfaction. While you make good money, likely, and you're comfortable in your zone of excellence, you will not feel fulfilled. And you know what I'm talking about by fulfilled, right, guys? That deeper, deeper level, that feeling in your heart that you're really making a difference. Your zone of genius is This set of activities that you are uniquely suited to do. They draw upon all of your special gifts and your strengths. And this is ultimately your dharma, right? This is your purpose that you are called to do. And it leads us to that deeper place of fulfillment and essentially self-actualization because it is only when we are fulfilling our purpose that we will actually discover our full human potential, Okay, so let's recap those four different zones and I hope you're getting clear on which one you really want to be spending your time in. These are the four zones. Zone of incompetence, zone of competence, zone of excellence, and ding, 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 the zone of genius. Okay, it's time to start wrapping up this episode on Baking cakes and building businesses. So let's come back to the cake, all right? Remember how in the fourth lesson I said that there might be some ingredients that you need for your cake that you don't have. This would be your zone of incompetence. Don't try to build a business doing the things that you aren't good at doing. There's no shame in having things that you're not good at. We can't all be good at everything because then we wouldn't be amazing at certain things. The only shame is not making it conscious and not asking for help. You will be the most successful and the most fulfilled when you spend as much time as physically possible inside your zone of genius. So whether you like baking cakes or not, I hope you enjoy these four lessons of cake baking that apply to your business. Know what kind of cake you are going to bake before you start baking it. Know who you are baking this cake for. Follow the recipe. And number four, make sure that you have all the ingredients that you need before you get started. And spend some time today really thinking about what lives inside your zone of genius, your happy place. And please, please, please spend as much time there as possible because genius, my friend, is exactly what you were destined for, what you were made for, don't you think? Thanks for hanging out with The Corporate Yogi. Remember, being an entrepreneur can be intense and isolating at times. Don't do it alone. Become part of Julie's Facebook group called Conscious Business. And if you're really serious about growing your biz, visit TheCorporateYogi.com and book a free strategy session with Julie today.